Kristen. And I'm Bethany. And this is Looking for the Middle, the Christian girl's guide to modern dating. We're here to help you date with confidence while honoring the Lord and to show you that your identity and contentment are in Christ. We're going to give you the tools that you need to date successfully and be set up well for success in a godly marriage. If you've ever felt like you didn't really belong with any of the extremes in dating today, well, you're not alone. Neither did we. And that's why we're here looking for the middle. Hello, friends. Welcome to episode three of season seven of Looking for the Middle. Moving right along. We're already on episode three, but it's only week two because we hit you with a double whammy last week. We had mantra week last week (laughs) where we talked about mine and Bethany's mantras that we have created over the last few seasons. So if you've missed either or both of those, first of all, shame on you. Uh, I'm kidding. But you should go and check those out if you haven't already. They were really fun episodes. They were um, a good mix, I feel like, of yeah. challenging and encouraging and obviously funny because, you know, it's us. <laughs> I think we think we're funnier than everyone else does. You know, we, get, okay, we get a lot of messages that we're funny. So and that people will well, like laugh with, at themselves in the cars. Like, people. yes, so they are. So if you want to be our favorite, <laughs> DM us on Just, Instagram and tell us that you laugh by yourself when you're listening. Tell to us. us we're funny. Yes. Forget telling us we're pretty. Just tell yeah, us we're funny exactly. and we'll be good. Just tell me I'm pretty. <laughs> or what is that? Is that a meme or something? Like Something like that. Just I don't feed know. me ice cream and tell me I'm pretty. Yeah, something. It's really more, we're more simple than you think. Really? As so females. True. Guys, if you're listening, just feed us and tell us we're pretty. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we're, we're set. We're good to we're go. We're fine. Mm-hmm. Oh, gosh. Oh, man. I thought I was about to go into housekeeping, but I'm not. So I'm just rambling. You're going to let me do it? <laughs> yes, I'm going to let you <laughs> sorry oh no we have this running joke Kristen one time we were outlining something and she was like oh I'll let you talk about that and she didn't mean it any way at all but it was funny and I was like oh you're gonna let me huh (laughs) it's totally stuck I'm her unofficial boss yes I figure if I just keep saying that enough it'll sink yeah (laughs) no obviously obviously we're kidding yeah totally okay so housekeeping stuff at the top like we always do um if you don't follow us on social media go do that we're over there more now that the season is back started we've brought back meme monday which i have been saving up memes like all throughout the break so we will be ready to hit you with some great stuff there so follow us on social media our instagram is the best place to really do that lftm underscore podcast is our handle there we are just looking for the middle podcast on facebook if that's your jam though everything will push there too so go check that out follow us hang out with us there and then if you haven't already go sign up for our newsletter too which comes out every thursday so it'll be out tomorrow for this week and it is a mix of just resources that are helpful in the dating singleness relationships sphere and sometimes it's related to the episode topic other times it's not I would say today it's probably not going to be related to the topic as much which we'll get into in a second but it's helpful stuff that we've been reading looking at this just watching sometimes we'll have you know other videos and that sort of thing so go to our website lookingforthemiddle.com you can sign up for that there and I think that concludes the housekeeping details for today. I'm going to add one more housekeeping that Never I didn't mind. put on the list, but that's not not your <laughs> fault. Um, let's go ahead and do a couch cast call because we haven't oh, done yeah, one yet. Good, so yes. if you're new around here, we have episodes called couch cast that we do throughout the season where we answer questions from our listeners. So we have couch cast that are questions from our female listeners. Mm-hmm. 
And then we have backstage pass episodes, which are questions from our male listeners when they want a female perspective. So (laughs) if you are listening and you have a question that you think, man, I would really love to hear their thoughts on this. We have links to both of those forms in our Instagram bio. So there's a backstage pass button and a couch cast button where you can anonymously, that's a tough word, word. (laughs) anonymously submit a question. uh, And we pull from that all season to answer what you guys have. So if you have one of those. We'd love to hear from you. Sorry. I'm glad you thought of that. Yes. Yes. Okay. Okay. Question of the day. As we are recording this, my brother is getting married this weekend and I love talking about weddings. Yes. So I thought the question of the day could be wedding themed. So my question is, is there anything unique, random, or some sort of like personal detail Uh you want to do at At your wedding? wedding? I have, well, it's not really a detail. That's okay. It could be like something big, you want to do or, or something. Not do. Yeah. I, I really don't like dancing. Okay. I just don't. It's not fun to me. I don't even think I've ever seen you dance. You, I can't, and I, I have known I you for a decade and a half. Yep. It's not surprising. <laughs> um, I, I am not shocked by that at all. And I will say I've decided part of it is when I, growing up from like when I was four until high school. I was a ballerina and I took ballet for years and years and years and years and years. That's not true. I've seen you dance when you take jazzercise. Yeah, see? Okay, y'all. Let's rabbit trail on that for a second. So, jazzercise. I thought it was just for old ladies. So, a friend of mine who's not an old lady became an instructor to teach and she's like, oh, you should come. And so I went and it is so much fun. Now, granted, a lot of the ladies are considerably older they could be my mother at least if not grandmother some of them mm-hmm. but it's so much fun so i roped kristen into it yes and we've we've gone it's really fun yes. so anyway if you're looking for a fun little totally non-intimidating but a good workout definitely consider it yes anyway anyways sorry. so back to the dancing the dancing so if you know anything about ballet really you know it's a very precise specific like regimented type of dancing and so that's what I did for years and years and years so the idea of like not having a precise specific way of doing something like I I, it doesn't doesn't compute compute. and so it's like okay well sure I can dance but you show me how show me what to like you want choreography basically basically. yes interesting that's a bit it's very intimidating to me because I don't know what to do Gotcha. And even then it looks very precise. Interesting. So anyway, I don't like dancing. So I really don't. I'm not planning to have a dance floor dancing at all at yeah. my wedding. Because that just does not sound like yeah. some people want to dance the night away. That sounds torturous to me. Yeah. So I have I have plans for other fun things. Oh, yes. But. I'm not going to spoil that. because No dancing. Yeah. Bethany and I have talked a lot about this. Yes. Oh, like, I, oh I have it completely planned out. Yes. But I don't want y'all stealing my ideas. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> says the oh single girl gosh. to all the single girls listening <laughs> oh it's my fine gosh. oh my word that's funny oh man okay mine i have two one that's not that big of a deal but my dad and i have a handshake that we've done since oh, i was yeah. a little kid and so right after he gives me away before he sits down i want to yes. get a handshake um and then my other thing is in my wedding programs uh-huh. i want to have um something that's either like a fun fact list or like something that people can like 
look at uh-huh. or read while they're waiting because you know you wait forever once you, you sit read down the wedding party so many times exactly you but don't know half of who yeah or like fun facts about me and my future husband not future husband it'll be future husband for like 30 more minutes but <laughs> the guy the guy i'm marrying yeah. and me or things like to notice about the wedding like why oh, we picked yeah. certain things or why oh, we did certain really things so for them to like look for because i just Almost think like, like a scavenger hunt kind of yeah, yeah of like hey pay attention to this or they did this uh-huh. because xyz and it's just like fun little things okay. that if people you know, want to like you do go to weddings a lot and either they play a song that's different and you you know mm-hmm. it's different but you're like well why'd they pick why that? did they pick that or oh did you see such and such or did you see this side that didn't make sense like why that's a really good idea yeah so i've always wanted it to would do mean that. something yeah to other, i don't know it means something to you as the right the wedding party or the bride and groom or whatever but that's a really good idea yeah. i like that I yeah like both of those thank you okay thank you all right well so now that we've talked about weddings let's revert yes all the way back to kindergarten other direction so what was it two weeks ago or no i guess it would have been last it week would have been last week yeah premiere episodes uh, y'all heard us come up with this idea of like oh my word we should talk about kindergarten advice i think wasn't it i think i said something in the episode about like oh you got to play nice with others or something yes but wasn't that what it started I think so, it, and it yeah was like, oh my word you get all the dating advice you need from kindergarten. Yeah. Like, you know, we joke a lot of times and I'm sure you guys do. You talk about if something's going on or there's drama and you're like, Ugh, we're not in high school anymore. You know, yeah. we all say that. Right. But apparently I, I'm convinced after prepping this episode, you learn everything you need to know about dating in kindergarten. In kindergarten. And we just didn't pay attention. <laughs> <laughs> Too busy. <laughs> Coloring. And I had a boyfriend in kindergarten. Well, apparently that I was, was paying attention. I was, yeah. I didn't apply any of these probably. <laughs> But I was also taller than him. That's the only guy I've ever that's ever been my boyfriend that's been shorter than me. That's hilarious. Oh my gosh. Um, But yeah, so we came up with ten things, Mm -hmm. ten pieces of advice that you get in kindergarten that you can apply to your dating life. And y'all, I had so much fun (laughs) going through this. Which can we also talk about there's a shocking number of Google search results when you do like dating advice you got in kindergarten. <laughs> it's like, wow, people have really, uh, really gotten into this. Um, so yeah, so hopefully I think this is going to be a fun one, but also very applicable. I think so too. I thought it was going to be just, cause I think in the episode last week we talked about, Oh, we should do a couch cast. Yeah. Oh, there's totally oh, enough. Here to and I think, yeah, it's like, Oh wow. That's, yeah, really yeah. pertinent and yes. applicable, yeah. I think so. Okay, so let's kick it off with number one. Number one. Number one is play fair. We all heard that in kindergarten, right? The mm. more competitive ones of us probably heard it more. Yes. Uh, Bethany motioning to both of us. <laughs> yes, that would be both <laughs> of us here. <laughs> so how does playing fair translate in dating? I think there's several applications. I think so. One, the opposite of playing fair would be cheating. So obviously that's out. We don't do that. We don't do that. (laughs) And I mean, we're joking. It's lighthearted, but really like you want to play fair in your relationship. And this is, this would translate not just a dating relationship. This is just good practice in relating to other people, whether it's in an argument, you're in a disagreement. Okay. Don't take those cheap shots. Communicate like as an adult, but Mm. not in kindergarten now. Yeah. Um, Or maybe that you communicate and work through conflict at an age appropriate level. Don't revert back to those things where 
you know, you know how to press someone's buttons and you know the things that are going to get a reaction from them that maybe you want. And then you're going to go off on that. Um, or maybe it looks like bringing up things from the past that have been dealt with and put to bed, so to speak. And you know, if you bring that up, you know, in the middle of the moment, you're looking for a fight and you're looking for whatever. And, you know, if you bring that thing up, well, then you're going to get that fight you want. Not only is that not fair, but that is a very unbiblical yeah. way of dealing with things. And so we want to take play fair, being fair, and apply it in a biblical sense. And, you know, you hear, okay, play fair. But then I don't know about you, but I heard all the time growing up, life is not fair. Mm. And so... Just because life isn't fair, though, doesn't mean you don't act in a fair and just and kind manner. That's a great point. And so I think with this, you're not going to take those cheap shots. And then I think something we all realize, too, is especially as women, we can tend towards manipulation. We can manipulate situations. We can manipulate people to get a desired effect, to get a desired result. And so that can be very tempting as well if you're wanting whatever you know you can manipulate things to get that and so that is not a fair or biblical way of dealing with things either so i think those are probably the three big ones when it comes to playing fair that would then translate from kindergarten into an adult life (laughs) yeah well and i like that you said playing fair means not reverting back because when you hear people say like, okay, we're not in high school anymore, mm-hmm. because what would you do when you got mad at your boyfriend in high yeah. school? You'd, you'd flirt with someone else. You'd flirt with someone else. You would, you know, insult him, you yeah. know, the proverbial like pigtail pulling, like <laughs> playground crap, you know, that's what you go back to. And if you want a mature, right, you know, adult relationship, this is how you start doing mm-hmm. that. So that's good. The second piece of advice <laughs> Is clean up your own mess. <laughs> yeah, clean up after yourself. Now, this is translated very differently now than it was in kindergarten. I hated this part of the day. Right. Because what happened with me was I always, like, shockingly, I didn't make a mess in kindergarten. Now, if you went on my room, different story. <laughs> yeah. But then I would get, like, roped in, like, oh, let's help let's other all people. Clean up. No. <laughs> you made your mess. I don't want to clean up your mess. But I think, in a way, like, it translates into our relationships because it's each of our jobs individually to work on ourselves, to better ourselves while we're single to prep for when we're dating somebody. Mm -hmm. So that means if there's, you know, some things you want to work through, there's some, you know, baggage from past relationships you need to like talk through, heal from whatever. There's some stuff that you, you know, maybe family trauma. I don't know what your situation is. Yeah. A whole, whole spectrum. spectrum. Exactly. Now is the time if you are single to really invest in working through all of that, Mm -hmm. because contrary to what we've (laughs) been told a lot of times from our culture is that It's not your significant other's job to fix you, to complete you, to clean up your mess, to help. Like, they're not your counselor. Mm -hmm. You know, they are just going to be your boyfriend and then maybe end up being your husband. But that's not his role. And again, turn the tables. Wouldn't you want him to have, like, worked through? I'm not saying he's got to be perfect. I'm not saying you've got to be perfect. And I'm not saying that you need to, you know, have all your ducks in a row perfectly before you start dating but the point is that you're making strides in 
cleaning up, you know, working on bettering yourself, whatever that looks like for you while you're prepping to date somebody and that you're not expecting that from somebody else. Don't be the little kid in the kindergarten <laughs> class that just kind of waits around for someone else to come clean up all the, Poor you know, Kristen has all to the toys. Their mess. <laughs> yes. One one thing too kind of I think you mentioned it right at the end. These are things you can work on while you're prepping for dating. Mm -hmm. So to kind of circle back to your analogy of being the kid who didn't make a mess, but had to clean up other people's. One thing I would want to point out too with this is sure you work on yourself, you work on you, you work on your relationship with the Lord and bettering that as you prepare to be in a relationship. But I think it's important to point out too, that once you are in a serious relationship and then especially in marriage, that other person's mess becomes your mess too. Yeah, that's true. And so it's not a matter of, oh no, that's your problem. You clean up your mess. Okay, this is our problem. This is our issue. This is our thing. And I'm going to help you clean up that. I, you, you're on the same team. You're on the same side. And it's not this like adversarial thing to where it's like, okay, no, that's your problem. And this is my problem. You know, it's not yeah. your money and my money. Like those kinds of things. It's a team thing. And so... Yeah, you, you're not going to go into it looking for someone who is perfect. That's not possible. But I think you, there is wisdom in as you're pursuing a potential serious and then marriage relationship with someone, keeping that in mind of like, okay, is this mess something that I am equipped to deal with and something that I can deal with? Because once you're married, it's yours. It yeah. is your mess now too. Yeah. And so beforehand is when you need to really be evaluating those things and are they things that that person still needs to work on on their own and clean up that mess themselves or is it something that you can take on and work on with them yeah you think about it the first example that came to my mind was like debt sure everybody has debt you know car payments school debt whatever credit cards and you know you think about okay because i've had the thought of like okay if who i am you know gonna end up with has some debt okay my question is not Oh, I'm expecting you to not have any exactly. debt. You know, I'm not expecting Dave Ramsey 2.0 to come in here. <laughs> but is he working on paying it off? Mm-hmm. And is he, you know, making good financial decisions right. to, you know, work on that? If he is, then yeah, okay. And then if he doesn't pay it all off by the time, I'm not going to be like, you can't marry me We're until you pay it all off. Well, no. yeah, and I think it's similar to like we've talked about with sexual history. And, mm-hmm. you know, lots of people have pornography addiction struggles and I'm not looking for absolute like oh no I've never even thought about that being a problem but whether it's sexual history or struggles with sexual sin what is your mentality towards it now what are you doing to defeat it now what are the decisions you're making in light of that now what does that look like it's not about your past and was it perfect or not but what does the current and then future look like based on how you are making decisions based on your understanding of the lord and his word and how to live in obedience to that whether it's finances or sex or whatever Mm -hmm, exactly it's patterns like we talk about all the time because here's the other thing just because like there are, you know, different things you're both struggling with or working through or trying to clean up right now, <laughs> when you get married, new things are going to come up. Mm-hmm. And so you're looking at now, okay, how does he handle when when he mm-hmm. is dealing with a mess? Is he doing what he can to try to work through it or is it oh I'm gonna let somebody else handle this yeah. for me because if the second is true then if you do marry him and then y'all you know have some kind of 
you know, hiccup or whatever, is he just going to sit back and be like, okay, well, you take care of this? Be yeah. like, mm, nope, like we need to work together. Like you were saying, out, we're yeah. a team now. Are you going to, you know, do your part? I'm going to do my part. We're going to work together to, you know, work through this. Those are the patterns that you're mm-hmm. looking for. So, yes. Wow, kindergarten was deep. I know, right? We didn't even know. <laughs> okay, so moving on to number three, which is don't take things that aren't yours. And I feel like there's the obvious, um, if someone is dating someone, you don't get to take them. That's the obvious, right? Right. And that's, doesn't need a lot of explanation, right? Like no stealing other people's boyfriends. Yes. Full stop. Yes. Done. And no doing anything to try to make someone not someone else's boyfriend. Like no breaking people up. Like, no, we don't do that. If you're supposed to be with them, (laughs) they'll end it eventually. Exactly. Uh, don't be a home wrecker. Okay, yeah, that's what I was getting around to, I guess. <laughs> but then I think a different perspective on this too is not only don't steal someone else's boyfriend, but people, guys in your life who are not your boyfriend shouldn't be treated as such either. Ooh, like that's not yours that's either. Good. <laughs> oh, right? that's so good. So, it doesn't mean only if he's dating someone else, but if this guy is not your boyfriend, He's not yours. Mm-hmm. So whether it's you're angry at the girl who does like him and is starting to date him or whatever, like he's not yours. And so there's a lot, I think a lot that goes into that. That is really something to think about. Mm-hmm. Dang. That's good. That wasn't in the notes, y'all. I wasn't expecting that, but that's so true. That's good. I have nothing to add to that. <laughs> well, okay. That's then. great. Number four, keep your hands to yourself. <laughs> This is Bethany's. This is the first one that came to mind. Literally. She like, I get a text as soon as we decide this is the episode we're doing. And she's like, immediately, keep your hands to yourself. I was like, man, you were ready with that one. I mean, this one doesn't. Again, we have more that need probably a little more explanation. This one doesn't. Like, and I'm not saying like, don't ever touch me. Okay. Well, no. But. Boundaries, people. Boundaries. Mm -hmm. Boundaries. Mm -hmm. You can hold my hand. You can hug me. You know. You can like put your hands on my face and then like kiss my forehead (laughs) but don't put your hands where they're not supposed to be yep there you go the end i'm wagging my finger and snapping and you can't tell because you can't see me but yes keep your hands to yourself physical boundaries we've done all kind of episodes on those Mm -hmm. we have a how far is too far episode you can check those out in the archives but um yes just Keep your hands to yourself, people, where you need to be. Okay. <laughs> Moving on. Moving on. Next one. Number five. Say you're sorry when you hurt someone. And a lot of times in kindergarten, this was when you knocked someone down on the playground or you weren't paying attention and you just ran into someone or whatever. But I think that, again, this one's like, there's a lot there. Um, an apology goes a really long way. And not just, I think... I don't know about you, but when we were little, it was like, okay, tell, tell them you're sorry. And it was like, okay, say it like you mean it. Yeah. We were never allowed to just say sorry. Yeah. We had to say, I'm sorry, Brett. For yeah, whatever. For yeah. whatever. And, and I, th- yeah, go ahead. I was just, I just had a random hand on the yeah. end of the sentence. I didn't have anything. You're good. <laughs> but an apology does go a long way. And I don't think, I think I'm going to rephrase that a little. A good apology goes a long way. Mm-hmm. heartfelt yes and an apology that i mean you hear all the time now on the news all the time someone's got caught gotten caught doing something 
or they said something really stupid that they shouldn't have or whatever. And they, the apologies, if you listen, they say, well, I'm really sorry if anyone was offended. I'm really sorry if the, if anyone was hurt by what I said. At no point do they ever really say, I'm sorry I said what I said. Mm-hmm. They're basically saying, you're the one with a problem and I'm sorry you have a problem. Yeah. Like, I'm sorry you couldn't handle it. Exactly. It's like, oh, that's not. That's not an n- apology. No. An apology is realizing that you have hurt someone, that you have sinned, that you have done something wrong and seeking their forgiveness. That's a true apology. And so when you hurt someone, there's a lot that goes into that of being able to communicate that, having the humility to communicate it. And I think it shows a lot of care for the other person that it, it matters to you that your relationship with them is right, that you have a right relationship and you don't have this hindered relational barrier, I guess you could say. Um, and I know, I would say for both of us, it's really concerning to me though when someone can't admit they're wrong or they don't apologize when they make a mistake. They don't even, and I'm not saying if someone snaps at you that they have to then come back and make this like, long drawn out okay i said this and it was wrong and i shouldn't have i mean can they sure but if someone if there's like oh i did not mean that the way it sounded i'm really sorry uh, you know my bad okay fine like okay, that's, great. I, that's yeah. all it really means yeah but being able to do that shows a lot of maturity a lot of humility and i think that's really important and this one again it's very important in a dating relationship and then future marriage but this is just with anyone friends co-workers whoever this is just something that's really will do you do leaps and bounds for all of your relationships yes i would agree like you said i mean i'm looking for somebody who says they're sorry and like you said too you can tell they mean it Mm -hmm. it's not just oh i'm sorry i got caught or this is what i'm supposed to do right now it's like oh no like i'm really concerned like i didn't want to hurt you i didn't mean it like that whatever well and two realizing oh hey i have done this thing and not only did it hurt this person but but like taking responsibility that if they have sinned they've sinned against god like it's not just between the two of you it's between them and the lord as well and so i think that's just I was going to say just as important, but really that's more important. (laughs) Yeah, no, it's true. It's very true. All right. Number six. I got this from one of my Google searches, but I thought this this was so cute. It says, when you go out into the world, watch out for traffic, hold hands and stick together. It's the buddy system. (laughs) Yes. And yes, it's kind of like cheesy, very kindergarten-esque, but I think it's cute because I think there are a few things we can take from this. You know, when you are in a relationship, when you go out into the world, like I just think this is adorable. Yeah, you look out for each other. You yeah. know, you're because when you buddied up, it was like, oh, I'm not just looking you're out for me. Like I'm for, responsible for somebody else yeah. too. And so I'm looking, like, make sure let's not get hit by a car together. Even if we're together, we don't need to get hit by a car. <laughs> yeah. um, we look both ways, and then we cross the street. But we look out for each other. We protect each other. Like we talk about on here a lot how attractive it is when a guy's protective. Yeah. Like that's one of my things that I just swoon over but I don't think that means that we as girls are even if it's not physical protection necessarily like your man's probably not being like oh yeah honey I'm expecting (laughs) we get mugged like you got to take him out you know um but we play a part in like protecting him too yeah and no go ahead oh no I was just I think there's when it comes to 
our side of things as the girl there is he he does a lot of physical protection of the relationship i would say mm-hmm. but as women i think we we can so quickly do damage to our relationships with the words we use i think our we protect our relationship by guarding the words we say mm. and i don't even just mean to him I mean, to other people about him. Yeah. Like, how do you talk to your friends? Do you run to them when he's done something frustrating, when you're annoyed with him, when whatever, and you just vent to your friends? Well, how is that coloring their view of him? And then have you talked to them and you feel better about it so you don't ever talk to him about this thing? So now he doesn't know there's a problem. Like, that's doing damage to your relationship. So I think we, as women can protect our relationships and protect his reputation. Now, y'all know I'm not saying if he, I mean, if there's an abuse situation, if there is anything along those lines that needs to be taken to someone else, do that. Mm -hmm. Yes. I'm talking about if he doesn't load the dishwasher the way you like, or you had some stupid argument about him, I don't know, whatever, don't go running to your friends and tear him down. And, this can be really tempting because everyone else may be talking about their boyfriends or their husbands or whatever, but you can be very, you can be really protective and foster that team mentality by making a conscious decision to not speak about him in that way. Yeah. One thing I'll add to that too is thinking about how you speak about him with him there. Mm -hmm. So I read, um, We'll put this in the newsletter. Okay. I read uh, For Women Only. We put this in the newsletter before, a long time ago. And it's basically the author used to work on Wall Street, and now she talks about relationships. Okay. But she does, she writes all of her books based on surveys and research and all this. So she's interviewed all these men, focus groups, surveys, all that jazz, and then written this book about how they view relationships. And one of the things that really shocked me was a lot of a guy's confidence, not just in the relationship, but in himself stems Uh on how you talk about him to your friends, whether he's around or not. Okay. But particularly because, and I know, you know, at least for me, I can get caught up in this, like, oh, I'm going to tease him and I'm going to, you know, but there's a fine line between like teasing and then saying something that could be really like hurtful Uh or you don't think it's hurtful, but like it makes him feel make him insecure, or insecure, yeah. feel inferior, whatever. And then your friends are all sitting right there. Like the number of guys that specifically mentioned that, like not just checking a box in a survey, but like wrote that in okay. a, like a fill in box uh-huh. basically was really surprising to me. And so it's made me conscious now of like, okay, how do I talk about him with him standing there, right. but two other people and am I building him up or am I tearing him down? Yeah. So keep that in mind too. Um, I think that's huge. Yeah. And then the last thing I'll say with this cute little (laughs) piece of advice is, you know, I think if we can learn in our relationships to use tough circumstances or uncertainty, whatever it is you're walking through to unite you rather than to divide you, that's going to be the game changer. Mm -hmm. And I think it's our, when we default to our flesh is when this division happens of uh-huh. oh my gosh this is so overwhelming and he's not this and I can't do this and you know yeah. and you just start picking things apart and it's like no like if, not only are we facing this if we're going against each other this is going to make it 10 times worse so how can we come together how do we hold hands in the traffic <laughs> how do we you know 
we at least stay united here so that if we're facing this tough thing, we're at least facing it together Mm -hmm. again, like the team mentality that you said earlier. So keep that in mind. That's way easier said than done. And we could probably do a whole nother episode on just that. Probably. But when you're tempted to go against him as well as go up against a tough situation, create the unity where you can at least because you don't have control over your circumstances you have control about how you relate to him how you talk to him how you unite with him Mm -hmm. so that would be an encouragement there i love it okay next one moving on sharing is caring oh this is probably on the wall of your kindergarten classroom 100 (laughs) percent. i had to guess sharing is caring that was five-year-old Kristen. in case y'all didn't know (laughs) Is that what you um, like? A little more Southern probably, <laughs> but yes. Oh my goodness. Okay. This one is pretty, again, this was pretty self-explanatory, but I think in relationships, what this looks like is, is there give and take? Is there compromise? Or is one person always taking and the other person never gets, not that they never get their way, but they always give. It's take, take, take on one side and give, give, give on the other. And there needs to be balance there. And I think as trite as the little saying is doing that giving when you want to take or giving when it's not to your benefit shows that you care about that person it shows that they matter to you and it shows that they're important to you and then it also shows that kind of like Kristen was talking about when you revert to your flesh a minute ago when we do that we turn in inward to ourselves because in our flesh we are the most important thing there is and so the humility and the um selflessness that it takes to compromise and to not demand your way, which you, it seems like that would get easier the older you get. I don't think it gets easier. I think we have just learned that it's not as socially acceptable to demand that in kindergarten. It's fine to just take what you want because Mm. you haven't learned otherwise. We've gotten a little more, um, sophisticated in our ways of trying to demand what we want we go to manipulation we resort to those things but when you are humble and selfless and saying no i want what's best for you and what's best for us not just what's best for me and that may look like going to something you don't want to go to or doing something you don't want to do or as it seems like our go-to example around the house loading the dishwasher the way they want to or doing the laundry the way they want to whatever it is it's so mundane and it's so whatever, but it shows that you care about that person and that they, what they want matters to you. Yeah, exactly. And I think up there with you want to be with somebody who wants to be with you, the whole give and take conversation yeah. is one of the top pieces of dating advice that I would give to anybody because the relationships I've been in where there was give and take were so much better. Far and away. Than the ones where... It was lopsided. And so just, yeah, if there's, (laughs) write sharing and caring on your wall now, if you have to put it on your mirror, I don't care. (laughs) You know, go, go to the Dollar Tree and get one of those cute during the school, back to school (laughs) things, get one of those cute little signs. Um, But whatever, whatever you have to do to remind yourself, I think this is one that will serve you well, again, through all of your relationships and through the, you know extent of a relationship Mm -hmm. this is an ongoing thing this isn't just oh i want my best behavior (laughs) while we're dating and then when we get married i'm gonna pull the happy wife happy life thing all the time so (laughs) i get my way it's like no compromise is a continuous thing (laughs) so yes that's good all right number eight use your words (laughs) um so again communicate 
communicate <laughs> communicate how many different ways can i enunciate that word communication is key y'all know this we preach this constantly and particularly nobody can read your mind yep we as women think for whatever reason that guys can read our minds i think we they think we can't. can read theirs yes and we, or we assume that we, we assume can. we can like, well he was thinking this when most I'm of the time so we're wrong very wrong so wrong but we assume that we can that's our our pride coming in there and so then we conversely then demand that they should too yes exactly and i don't think either of us either party is good at this <laughs> at all not at all one thing i will say that this hits home for me personally and all of my uh internal processors slash non-confrontational friends <laughs> that are listening this is something that i had to start learning in kindergarten i'm still learning how to do this because i'm not this is not my natural wiring but when i get into an argument yeah when i get something thrown at me that i wasn't expecting i don't talk mm -hmm. in the moment i'm very like i have had where like guy i'm you know guys i'm dating be like kristen talk to me and right. i and i've gotten to the point now where i can at least tell them ahead of time like hey if i get quiet you have full permission to pull it out of me it may <laughs> yeah. take a minute or two yeah but i'm getting better but my parents saw that in me very early on because my dad's that way uh -huh. my other siblings don't have this problem <laughs> all right they you know they make it very known when they're yes <laughs> yeah you don't have time to try to read their mind they just you know tell you themselves but they had to teach me that when something was bothering me or I needed to voice my frustration, I had to actually speak about that. Mm -hmm. I can't just sit there and shut down and expect everybody to know exactly what's bothering me and exactly how to fix it and exactly, you know, how to help me if I don't verbalize it. And so if you struggle with the same thing, one, I would do what you can on the front end when you start dating somebody not like you know second date but like if you think this is going to go somewhere yeah. be like hey by the way this is how i typically handle things i'm working on it uh -huh. but if i'm quiet like ask me what i'm thinking i'm not going to get mad if anything yeah. that'll help because it's prompting me to say something mm -hmm. um and just you know work on that yeah. <laughs> that's such a loaded <laughs> thing to say but um you keeping things in yeah and you expecting people to read your mind one is only going to build to where you get the you know volcano volcanic eruption later uh -huh. on of everything just building and simmering and whatever and that or either you're really good at just like okay i'm not going to talk about it but then nothing ever gets solved and nothing ever gets fixed and mm -hmm. then you're stunting your growth personally relationally all of that because you're not willing to communicate whatever it is that is on your mind so yeah use your words people <laughs> in so many ways like but a true five-year-old yes thank you use your words no. yeah okay two more okay number, number nine. nine and i have to say i came up with this one and i am a little disappointed kristen that i had to be the one to type this out so are you ready i'm very ashamed that okay. i didn't put this on the list number nine treat other people how you want to be treated my dad will be so disappointed uh, yeah. that I didn't put this on here. Because it was probably before kindergarten that he was teaching me this. Probably. Oh, my gosh. The golden rule, people. We all, we all know this. And I don't think there, there isn't really a lot of explanation for this one as far as like, okay, this is what it meant in kindergarten and this is what it means in 
you know, dating and marriage and all of that later. It means the same thing. It's going to look the same way. It's as simple as if you wouldn't like someone doing whatever it is to you, or you wouldn't like it if they said that to you, or they, you wouldn't like it if they looked at you that way, don't do it to them. It's easy as that. Easy and is difficult. It's right. one. I feel like the golden rule is one of those things. Like my um, old pastor used to say, talking about the uh, greatest commandment of yeah. love, Lord your God with all your heart and love your neighbor as yourself. He was like, when Jesus stripped the Jewish law down to just that, he simplified it. But the expectation is so much higher with that one command mm-hmm. than if you had to fulfill all 613 of the other Everything ones. Everything yeah. comes down to that. Yeah. And I think part of it is, it's about all we can handle. Yeah. And we, and we can't even handle that. Yeah. Just we saying, don't like, even do that. Everything you know, comes perfectly. down to that. But our flesh is so strong. We're saying, no, no, I want to love myself. Mm-hmm. No, 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 no. That's what's most important. Yeah. And we expect everyone else to love us as they should. Yeah. We just want to love ourselves. Yeah. And so... It's this constant putting off your selfishness, putting off your self-centeredness and putting on humility and selflessness and kindness and love for other people as a result. That's the second commandment that flows out of the first commandment. Mm -hmm. You can't do the second one if the first one's not in place too. So loving the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength has to be there first before you could even think about treating other people the way you want to be treated. Yeah, exactly. And so this, you know... Yeah, it doesn't need a whole lot of explanation, but at the same time, the expectation is through the roof of what, what this requires of you. And I don't think we, as fallen sinful human beings on this earth, even really fully grasp it. Oh, no. I, I don't think we have. I don't think we can even really. No. Because everything is so tainted by sin. It's so tainted by our sinful desires. And it's kind of like, this is awful to be bringing in an analogy, but the episode of Friends. Yes. Where, is it Joey that's telling them no one does anything that's not from a selfish place? I can't remember. But you know what I'm talking yeah, about? Yeah, I know There's what you're one where there are all these things and it's like they are all trying to find something that they've done for someone else that was truly out of a selfless, selfless. place and nobody could come up with anything. Yeah. And I think that's so much of what we fall back on is that we are so blinded by our own selfishness and pride and not, mm-hmm. not blinded. We know it's there, yeah. but it so permeates everything we do that truly following those commands is very, very, very difficult. Yeah. I know that I'm going to geek out on the Enneagram for a second. <laughs> so I know that some of y'all have y'all like this stuff, but so I'm a two on the Enneagram, which is the helper. Okay. What am I? You're the, you're a three, okay. which is the achiever. Okay. You have a wing too, though, so this kind of applies to you. Okay. So yes, she's <laughs> flapping my her wing arm. over here. <laughs> so twos are, you know, when you read the good part of a two, it's like they're so giving and helpful, <laughs> always looking out for other people. They thrive on being needed. Um, you know, they want to, you know, always be doing things for other people. They're seen as typically really, you know perceived as being very selfless and then you go read like the crappy parts of the two <laughs> that's a terrible way to say it the the weaknesses the negative, the negative. Oh, yes, yes yes and opportunities for growth there you go and the typical like the biggest struggle for most twos is pride okay and uh, manipulation. Yeah, that makes sense. And so they talk like when you read about a two it's like yeah, they, you know, 
at their best, they are really helpful and they do love doing things for other people, but they really struggle with, there's always this underlying desire of what am I going to get out of this? And how does this make me look? Mm -hmm. And because I want to look helpful, I want to be needed. I want people to, even if it's all you're getting, you're wanting out of it is just affirmation or thank you Mm -hmm. or gratitude or whatever. There's always this little, so even this, you know, this (laughs) type of personality that's apparently, you know, defaulting towards serving, Mm -hmm. there's still that, you know, because like Bethany said, we're all sinners and there's always going to be that tendency to go back to, well, how does this benefit me? What does this do for me? What do I get out of Mm this? And, you know, you hear, one of the things I hear from married people all the time is when you when you get married, but even I think it's true before you get married, when you just get into a serious relationship, like you learn how selfish you are real quick Yeah. of like, Oh wow. And I think too, you're still here and you're staying here. Yeah. Honestly, that's one of the things that's like the most nerve wracking about like getting, not the most, whatever, about getting married is I'm like, there's this person that's just going to be around all all the the time. time. Like all the time. And so it's kind of like, oh, I mean, it'll be great. It'll be fine. I'm being When do I get my me time? But at the same time, there's a little part of me that's kind of like, that'll take some getting used to. Mm -hmm. Well, and I was literally just thinking like for my girls who are late 20s, 30s, 40s that are dating, the longer that you are independent, absolutely, the harder this gets, I think, because not to say that, you know, you don't struggle with selfishness if you got married when you were 21, because I think it's still there. But when you get so used to, I only have to worry about myself. I've been on, you know, I've been independent. I've been making my decisions. I'm in a routine. I know, you know. You're on your own too mm -hmm. from that. But then at the same time, like, it's very different going from living at your parents' house growing up. And then you go to college and you live with roommates and there's people around. And then you get married and you move in with your husband. Mm -hmm. That's very different than growing up and living with your parents, going to college, then living on your own. Even if you live with roommates. Yeah. In a house or an apartment or whatever, you have your own schedule, you have your own thing, you make your own food, you go in your room, like you have that separation. It is very different. You are on your own and you have that routine and then trying to merge that with someone else who has most likely done the same thing unless you're marrying someone who's like 20 years younger than you who's like just out of college or whatever. Yeah. Wait, 20? Don't worry about the math. You get the idea. <laughs> what I'm saying is. You're on the right track. We're good. <laughs> It's very different. And mm-hmm. so I think that's when, as someone who is in their, you know, early, mid, I'm in my mid thirties, mid thirties. It's like, I've been on my own for 10 years. Mm-hmm. Like that's. Ugh. Yeah. Anyway, I'm getting off. Into no, but it's whatever, true. No. So. so I think, yeah, this, it all goes back to, because the point was treat people the way you want to be treated. <laughs> yeah, I was like, where did we That's rooted in selflessness. Yes. And that is not something you're going to default to. And so. Again, I think if you're not dating anybody right now, practicing being selfless in your other relationships is going to prep you for that well. And just knowing that, okay, if I get into a relationship and I start to struggle with this, like having verses of scripture that you memorize, okay, what I need to go back to truth here. Mm -hmm. What is required of me? What is expected of me? What does it look like to love somebody selflessly the way that I have been loved by Christ and meditating on those Verses and you know reciting them back to yourself and being like yes he's annoying me right now but I need to treat him the way that I want to be treated and I need to be selfless this is not all about me and you go from there yeah and I can almost guarantee you 
actually, I will say I can guarantee you. I'm going to go out on a definitive limb here. Uh, if you are struggling with that second commandment of love your neighbor as yourself and your neighbor as your husband in this instance, you are not fulfilling the first commandment as you should, and that is what's making it difficult. Mm. So, sure, you want to focus on loving this person and being selfless and what does the Bible say about doing that, but you really need to be focusing on, okay, where am I not loving the Lord? Where am I not wanting to please him above all else? Because if that's what you truly want, you're going to love your neighbor. Yeah, that's true. So That's good. Just throwing that out there. Okay. Yes. Last one, number Last 10. One, this number will be 10. a fun one to end on. Number 10 is take a nap every day. <laughs> I love Not with one. your significant other. Let me let me put good, that caveat good in there. Yes, I'm glad you said that. But the point is to get rest and recharge <laughs> as much as you can. Um, now, granted, I, first of all, can I just say, I think that mandatory nap time should not have stopped in kindergarten. Seriously, Why did though? they not keep that going? Right. Like, heck with recess. I want a nap. Okay. <laughs> and I don't think that should have stopped in elementary no. school either. So uh, the longer you're in school, I think the more necessary <laughs> it is. Seriously, though. So, but the point is recharging and putting your best put, your best put, best put forward. Mm-hmm. Recharging and putting your best foot forward are so beneficial to your relationship and particularly for my introverts listening if you don't take time and even if you're an extrovert you just recharge differently I shouldn't say like oh extroverts don't need to recharge you do you just do it differently but whatever that looks like for you make sure that you're taking time to recharge because if you just continue to push yourself through without recharging everyone around you including your significant other is going to get an you know a What's the word? Less than ideal? Yeah, less than ideal version of you. Yeah, just a depleted yeah. version of you. You know, your your phone dies every day. You charge it at night. Like, you know, you've got to <laughs> yeah. keep the battery going, whatever that looks like for you. And at the same time, though, I think it's important that you have grace and patience with your significant other when it hasn't happened. Because for you or them. Yes. Yeah. So whether that's they haven't had the chance to recharge and they're tired or they're a little snippy or whatever or the same thing goes for you you show that grace you show that patience you're like you know what we're figuring this out and i can i see this probably happening more early on as you're kind of learning each other at the same time not to say it can't happen later on but just being really gracious and okay whether that's hey we were gonna go do something tonight but why don't we just hang in or hey you're exhausted. Just take a night. Yeah. Like, I've seen you a lot recently. Watch it's a movie. Fine. I'll, you know, hang here. We're good. Yeah. And then I'll see you tomorrow or whatever. I'll see yeah. you this weekend. And have some grace and flexibility with that. Um, because we all know what it was like when we didn't get our naps in kindergarten. My mom would come home and be like, you didn't sleep, did you? <laughs> yeah. Like, no, I didn't want to. I didn't feel like it. Because, and if you think about it too, when you were told to nap in kindergarten, how yeah. many times did you fight it? Yeah. And then you got home and you were exhausted. Uh-huh. Same goes here. You may yeah. be like, oh, I'm fine. I'm, I'm good. Fine. I don't need a nap. I don't need to recharge. And yeah. then you're like, oh, I'm going to pay for that later. <laughs> yes. Same thing goes. Yeah. I agree. And I will say too, this isn't, I think, well, I think in our culture today, and especially amongst our generation, this idea of self-care, is, it's important, but I think it has been 
taken to an extreme that is not good. It has been taken to an extreme that absolutely feeds selfishness and feeds this demand for me time, which don't get me wrong. I love me some me time, but as, especially as you become a wife and a mother, me time is not priority number one. Mm. And so I think it's a, I think a big part of this is finding the ways and you know, we talk about taking a nap every day, but finding the ways to practically put your best foot forward. And it may be that instead of staying up and scrolling Instagram for an hour and a half before you go to sleep, go to sleep that hour and a half earlier so that you are more rested and recharged and putting your best foot forward for your coworkers, for your husband, for your family, whatever the situation is. Or, you know, when you wake up, spend time with the Lord first thing in the morning, before you go to work, before you go to school, before you go do whatever. And set your mind where it should be. It's not a matter of demanding or saying, well, I need me time twice a week because I want to just do whatever I want to do. That That's different. You know what I mean? And I think yeah. pointing out the fine line between those two things is important because recharging and resting, God rested, those are important things and they are important to your relationship. They're important to just <laughs> existing but we can take it as we deal with so many other things to an unhealthy and sinful level. So just be careful of that. Yes, I would agree. And I think that's a great place to end. Perfect. Hopefully this has been helpful for y'all as you have gotten some great dating advice from your uh, days in kindergarten that you didn't even realize didn't you even got. <laughs> no, this was fun. This was good. So if this has been helpful for y'all, please tell a friend about us. Yes. We honestly attribute most if not all of our growth of this podcast to word of mouth because we have done zero marketing on this thing so um (laughs) thank you for those of you who have told your friends and family about us um y'all are the best we love y'all we will be back next week with another episode so stay tuned for that but until then i'm Kristen and i'm bethany and this is looking for the middle Mm -hmm.